Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. And today, just like we did in episode 32, we have Kelsey Zeiser. Hello, Kelsey. Hello, Phil. And you are doing both the co-host and the guest role today. So you have two chairs and you have to keep jumping back and forth between the chairs. (laughs) At least I'll get my cardio in. It's going to be a very exhausting episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be breathless at the end. Indeed. (laughs) Hold on, I'll answer that question. I just... uh, uh. All right. Congratulations, ASMR people. You, you, you've made me do voice sounds again. So. <laughs> I'm so relaxed now. <laughs> I know we have we have this little uh, we have this little uh, uh, contingent of people that that apparently tell me every time I'm I'm breathing too loud into the microphone or whatever. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to watch that, but I'm but not really. I don't care. Yeah, don't pass out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Need you to hold your breath. I have to pretend to be interested. That we we don't ha- we don't have that many uh, uh, listeners yet, so we have to we, we have to take take care and listen to all the criticism. Um, anyway, we're we're talking SD WAN today. Um, in case you missed the last episode, uh, dear listener, um, the uh, it was episode thirty two. Uh, Kelsey and I talked about the SD WAN market and mostly um, how it's evolving and why there's still so many competitors in the space. Um, and then also we talked a little bit about the difference between cable and the telco approach to SD-WAN. Um, now let's talk about some other kind of, um, bigger issues, I guess, in the space. Um, and, and this is really going to the, the delivery of SD-WAN and how it's making its way to market. Um, so one of, I guess the early, uh, I don't know, aha moments in SD-WAN service delivery was that um, you could have this, uh, you know, whether it's made by Intel or one of the other, uh, uh, you know, mass market chip makers or, or mass market server companies even, you could have this thing called the Universal Customer Premises Equipment, um, UCPE. And that would, uh, you know, Definitely different than uh, having a an edge router by a brand name vendor. Mm -hmm. A lot more, you know, a lot more economically friendly. But uh, I guess the question is, it has that model taken off? That sort of SD SD WAN on a white box thing Mm -hmm. um, taken off? And and well, we'll start there. What's what's going on with that in the market, I guess? Yeah, it definitely seems like the market is moving that way. And a lot of the big service providers uh, have that as an option for SD-WAN, like AT&T with Flexware. And I believe it's Verizon's virtual network services um, where you can get SD-WAN on a UCPE in addition to some other VNS. So maybe you'd have um, you know, firewall and routing and, and things on there as well. And GTT actually announced today um, SD-WAN on, on UCP in addition to other services like firewall and WAN optimization. So having multiple VNFs on one box. So it seems like a really great, in theory, a really great option to have these multiple VNFs in one place. Um, and then, right. you know, the opportunity to potentially add to that in the future. I think where the issue is, is that sometimes it's like, um, 
you know, if you tell a millennial to go ahead and buy a minivan because they might have kids one day, but they're really like, I just kind of need this Honda Civic to get to work. <laughs> you know, like this right. is sufficient yeah. for now. Um, you know, they can understand the the argument for having that minivan, but maybe they don't, you know, they don't have uh, kids yet. So um, interesting. <laughs> that metaphor is just basically, um, you know, some enterprises are are looking at this as, I don't need to quite go all in um, yeah. on on that aspect of virtualization. And right now I just need a router and SD-WAN and I'm happy with that. I don't need all these additional services at this moment. So right. that's where the yeah. economics is, is kind of creating a challenge. Um, yeah, that makes sense because it's like, it, it is an economical uh, or it, it is a, a, a cost savings compared to kind of a full on enterprise configuration of, you know, yes, we had a, a purpose built box for this firewall. We had a purpose built box to manage the network connection, you know, and the, and the routing we had the purpose, built. you know, yeah, if you have three or four purpose built boxes running your, you know, your networking for the, the enterprise, then yeah, that's probably the, the white box model is a huge cost savings. But like you say, yeah, if they're, you know, if their needs are just not that, that aggressive, then why have this white box platform anyway? You know, wouldn't they be able to save money just by doing something a bit right. simpler? Right. And, and that's kind of what Brian Washburn with Ovum was saying is there's this, um, in some ways, the theoretical benefit. Um, and in some cases, it's just not less expensive upfront. So it's not as high a priority for enterprises. And I also talked to heavy reading analyst, uh, Sterling Perrin, and he was saying, um, you know, if you have this box that does multiple things, but you haven't deployed those multiple things on day one, and you're not sure what you're going to do yet, it's just cheaper to buy the single function box. So, you know, planning ahead would probably be going with the UCPE model. Um, yeah. you know, far down the line, but it, it might just be for some enterprises that maybe they're saying, Hey, I just, I, I just don't quite need all of that just yet. I think that's the, the, maybe some, one of the thing that's, um, uh, that, that might be holding up SD-WAN in some ways is that there's so many ways to deliver, you know, it went, like we talked about a, a little bit last mm-hmm. time, it, it, it started out as an MPLS replacement and, and kind of bandwidth management right. overall, you know, like connection, connection management, saving money. And also then we, we suddenly layered on, um, you know, quality, various types of quality of service and that sort of thing. But if you don't package this stuff as it starts, as SD-WAN starts becoming the de facto way to do networking in the enterprise, it, if, if you don't start packaging that stuff uh, carefully, it could get, it can get really mm-hmm. confusing um, I guess that, so, so for some, I guess it is actually too expensive to deploy SD-WAN on a, on a UCPE. I think it, yeah, it, it could be, they just might not be ready to put that investment in. And so another question I asked Brian was, well, which service providers are doing this correctly or, you know, where are mm-hmm. they? And uh, he was saying that he has broken it out into three approaches. So there's the all-in approach, the placeholder approach, and then the build-as-you-go approach. So the all-in would be the examples of AT&T with Flexware, Verizon with VNS, 
Telstra with their programmable right. network. They've got a very robust approach to this already. Um, and then there's the placeholder approach of, you know, your enterprises need a complete product today, but um, they just haven't gone quite all in on like the marketing and everything for this. So that would be a BT or orange business services. And then the build as you go okay. is assembling the pieces um, in a logical way as customer demand arises for it. So that would be like CenturyLink. Um, or he okay. also said um, Tata is another example of that. So definitely all the, you know, in this example, you see a lot of major service providers are definitely addressing this, just coming at it from different ways, depending on how they want to work with their customers, I think. Yeah. And then to the customer, you know, it's the, the conversation they're having with the service provider is likely very similar, no matter what the service provider's approach is, you know, they're just describing a handful of networking needs and connectivity needs. And the service provider is like, yep, got it. No problem. We'll show up with a solution. Right. And, and so, so it's sort of like the stuff that's happening behind the scenes while this industry is being uh, upended is, is kind of mm -hmm. interesting. And it's something that um, I was also talking to Mike Frain with Windstream, and he's going to be addressing exactly this question of the economics of UCP and what, what are the challenges there um, at our NV and SDN Americas event in Dallas this September 17th through the 19th. Excellent. So a little plug there if you want to hear in person. Um, oh, yeah. And I believe Price and Pate with ADVA is also going to be doing a presentation on UCP. So, um, you know, that'll be mm. a great opportunity for people to ask the experts in person. Yeah. That's a great, um, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because, uh, you know, in addition to being able to talk to folks in person, but you get to hear that different mm -hmm. perspective of, I mean, Ad Adva's perspective versus the service provider, because, you know, Adva went, you know, they're kind of in that spot of, they could supply uh, both um, a white box type uh, piece of hardware to fulfill that service need, or they could build something that's you know, multifunctional and, you know, has, has, you know, complicated software and all that stuff. And clearly they've decided what mm -hmm. path they're going down, depending on what the market says. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to sort of hear the hardware uh, vendors weigh in on this because they're sort of caught in that space of, they really need to know mm -hmm. what the market need is or, because, <laughs> sure. you know, or, or their business is uh. going to be, you know, you know, impacted very, very quickly. They can't continue to sell something that the market just doesn't want. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to hear those, hear those perspectives and also just to hear sort of where that breaking yeah. point is, you know, like how, how big or how many VNFs does a, does an enterprise need to be running for it to have that kind of right. break even, uh, I also uh, talked art. to Rupesh Chokshi. Um, he's also going to be at this event, but um, I was talking to him about Flexware and he said they have customers that are want to innovate on top of this. So, I mean, there's, um, you know, there's definitely the demand there for UCP. It's just that conversation around how do you address the economical challenges. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, well, uh, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, um, we'll talk about uh, the consumption model for end users for SD-WAN, whether, uh, whether there seems to be something that's, uh, that, that, that people or that enterprises are preferring. And then we'll get into some of those other uh, 
barriers to uh, the SD-WAN market sort of, um, it's, it's grown fast to date, but it's set to really explode, but there might be some things holding it back. So we can get into that as well. Uh, we will be right back on the light reading podcast. Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey at Light Reading, and today we're talking with my co-host and now guest, Kelsey Zeiser. How's it going? Going good. Thanks. Um, you're still in the two-chair uh, uh, <laughs> configuration. It's hard where to we sit to... on both of these chairs at once. <laughs> <laughs> the guest chair and the ho- co-host chair. During the break, chair. I just wow. um, put one chair on top of the other chair, and they both have wheels, so... That's right. You just skate around the room. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I could be imagining that. That's funny. Um, Whoa! All right. So before you uh, before you have an accident, we're talking about uh, uh, the the SD WAN market and sort of how it's shaping up. And as you uh, so, so uh, ably plugged the show uh, that's coming up, we're doing this ahead of the uh, uh, network network virtualization and SD WAN uh, conference that Light Reading is hosting in Dallas uh, in September. Uh, September the seventeenth uh, no, through the nineteenth. Seventeenth through the nineteenth. Yes. Good deal. Uh, so, um, and it's going to be at the Irving something Las Colinas something or other. It's one of the it's one of the cool places right over in the Irving Las Colinas area. So even though we say Dallas, it's actually quite a bit more posh looking. <laughs> um, I can't yeah, remember the uh, name of Dallas Marriott Las Colinas. Yes, exactly. That's the one that um, in in the back of that hotel, um, it basically looks out over the lake and Ooh. over like a, a kind of a golf course area, an area where there's some new development. Oh yeah, I looked up the pictures toy- of it and I was like, this is pretty fancy. We've got our own like, water feature here. Yeah, it's really serene, especially the outdoor um, uh, kind of courtyard area. There's like a, a jogging path, but then right up to that, there's like some outdoor seating and stuff where people can lounge and things like that. And then, um, the, uh, uh, in the front of the hotel and down the road a piece is the Toyota music factory. And of course, all of these new restaurants and new sort of, um, uh, eating establishments and drinking establishments have sprung up around the Toyota music factory. Mm-hmm. So there's qu- quite a bit of, uh, uh, culinary variety nearby. And I guess we and, can do uh, our, our podcast that week in paddle boats or like kayaks out in the lake. Yeah, that's what, that, that's right. We'll go from straddling office chairs to, uh, <laughs> to racing paddle boats. <laughs> I went to canoe I camp when like... I was 12. So, you know, I'm, I'm Oh, so you'd, you'd be ready yeah, for that. I'm well, basically I, a professional. I'm actually, no, I'm see. I'm the opposite. I'm terrified of water, but I, I would probably get in a boat if I had enough of those life jacket things strapped to me. Um, it would be quite hilarious. Um, uh, but the uh, the point being, it's going to be a very informative conference, but uh, also a very lovely one. Um, so uh, don't don't miss out. Um, so uh, I guess a, a, we were talking about how the SD WAN market has sort of evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, what the UCPE model has been and whether that's working out. Now let's talk about, you know, the end users for a second, the enterprises. Do they have a preferred way of getting SD-WAN? Do they want it to be a managed service from a service provider Mm -hmm. 
where they just, you know, uh, call the phone number and, and never touch a thing? Or do they want the kind of DIY approach? Or is there some other approach I'm missing? There's actually a Pinterest approach. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the DIY makes me think of is like Pinterest yeah, fails. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, SD-WAN with yarn. Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's so there's the DIY approach, which um, was initially... I think popular with the larger enterprises, which is where SD-WAN kind of got its start. Um, and of course, yeah. they have more resources internally um, to be successful at the DIY approach. Um, however, SD-WAN is moving more down market to the um, SMB, small and mid-sized businesses. So they're the folks that are going to be looking to vendor or service provider for the managed um services approach to SD-WAN. They want that person that they can call and say, you fix it. Or, <laughs> And so um, I would say that, it, you know, it's moving away from the DIY approach more to the managed services approach, which is a really good opportunity for service providers to get in the SD-WAN game. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's partly why this market has, has taken off and kind of how it's evolved. Um, you know, into that, that maturation mm -hmm. phase. Um, uh, we were, we were talking about this earlier, but the chief analyst of enterprise services over at Ovum, uh, Mike Sapien was, you know, he's sort of done this, uh, charting of the progression of the SD-WAN market. He talked about, you know, there was 1.0, 2.0, and now he's saying it's at 3.0. And that's because, you know, 2.0 was kind of the part where the first off off the shelf commercial versions of S, of managed SD WAN services started showing mm -hmm. up by the by the service providers, and now 3.0 is kind of that that maturation into a um, uh, a fully managed service and something that the telcos and other uh, you know uh, uh, communication service providers will be um, competitive at, but but they also need to figure out what's the best way to get this to market mm -hmm. and uh and then what um and that that kind of i guess dovetails nicely with what's holding the market back um you know so what are some of the barriers that um that you found in your uh, reporting are are holding up the SD WAN market? What are some things that people are still sort of struggling with? Um, one thing that Brian Washburn was talking to me about is just how sometimes uh, it's been marketed as you know zero touch provisioning and um, a centralized controller makes it really easy to administer. And this is um, you know maybe some vendors making it seem like you would be just fine doing the DIY approach when in fact it, it might be a little more complicated than that. I've heard of some uh, enterprises that didn't fully understand the security baked into SD-WAN and then they layered IPsec tunnels on top of it. And then you get rid of some of the visibility that is a benefit um, of SD-WAN having more visibility into your network. If you're you know, adding additional security, it creates problems. So there really is a benefit right. to having a managed service provider help you navigate SD-WAN um, and, and really see what features are really important for you to have in an SD-WAN. Because, um, yeah. you know, ideally it's, it's supposed to make your network environment simpler and less complex. So... Yeah, and that, that, that's the that's where the interesting tension is. Is that you know it 
it also kind of sprang from a connectivity oriented service being too inflexible and too expensive to purchase <laughs> for most businesses. And so then it's go full circle. Now it's this fully managed service coming from a service provider where they're saying, Hey, we should be the ones managing this. After all, it's a connectivity service. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, we tried to get away from you. And, <laughs> and now here we are buying, buying the yeah. service from but you. There but there are even some advantages that I think no one really uh, predicted maybe I heard from one enterprise that said, you know, some of us couldn't afford um, some of these brand name securities, like maybe the Palo Alto or the Fortinet, but now having them right. um, in that SD-WAN, because a lot of these SD-WAN um, products or services, they're partnering with Zscaler, Fortinet, Palo Alto, these different security companies. Well, now you've got yeah. access to this great security product and, um, in addition to your SD WAN, so you know, making it more affordable for enterprises. Yeah, that economic model um, for the, I guess, for UCP and 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 that whole um, that whole buying power that the service providers mm -hmm. can offer it it does it does give the enterprise access to several different vendors and technology types that they might not have even considered purchasing mm -hmm. before, especially not in their um, non-virtual or, you know, or appliance-based configurations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, who can afford that many boxes or, you know, that many brand yeah. name security especially products. Especially as it's so, going down market, that's important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's, um, it, it's interesting, you know, to watch the security companies, how their approaches you know, evolved in that, because at first a few of them perceived it to be a competitive mm -hmm. product. And now they're noticing that this is actually a very good mm -hmm. channel for them um, to you know, reach, reach a new market right. segment, but then also have that service provider partner in place. That's a, that's a good thing for them as mm -hmm. well. Um, so, well, let's talk about, um, you know, I guess uh, the, the, how this stuff gets to market a little bit, um, you know, has, has the, has the customer, um, has customer knowledge of SD-WAN been, uh, you know, too big of a barrier? Um, uh, because I, I was, I'll tell you why, where this question is coming from. I, I was talking to some folks in the channel side that, uh, you know, telecom master agents and folks that are just sort of, you know, reselling telco mm -hmm. services. And they're sort of used to this role of, having four or five telcos that supply, you know, minutes and connections and devices to them. And then when they go to the customer, they just sort of simplify it down to their needs and, you know, sell them just exactly what they need. And they're finding that that skill set is really coming into play with <laughs> SD-WAN because there's such a broad portfolio of different approaches that they're able to go to an enterprise and say, let me translate this for you. Let me, you know, let me simplify this and let me just narrow it down to a handful of possible vendors that, mm -hmm. you know, possible approaches for you. Um, I guess I'm, I'm curious as to like how the, uh, uh, how the customer awareness is, is maybe changing the market. Yeah. And, and that's tricky because there are still so many vendors. There's, you know, the latest count I heard was 30. So you've got like 31 flavors of SD-WAN yeah. uh, to choose from. <laughs> so that's a lot of pressure on an enterprise to pick between all these different companies. And 
think, you know, we talked about this on our last podcast, why it made so much sense for Cisco to acquire Viptela and VMware to acquire VeloCloud because they already have these relationships with um, enterprises and, and they're looking to them, um, you know, as a familiar brand to kind of guide them in the SD-WAN space. Um, another thing is yeah. MEF is working on uh, specifications for SD-WAN as well as certifications. So um, trying to provide some clarity in the market as to what um, an SD-WAN is, because, you know, Brian Washburn made a really good point. It's not a piece of hardware, it's um, a feature set, really. So defining that is is a big challenge, um, but it's important right. to provide some clarity for enterprises. And he said, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean if an enterprise is working with SD-WAN vendor X today, if they don't meet all those specifications from MEF, that that doesn't mean the enterprise is going to say, well, bump this, I'm going to go with the one that's certified. Like the probably, if they're happy with the SD-WAN, they'll probably stay with it. Um, but, you know, for enterprises right. entering the market, it's it would be helpful during the um, the RFP process. Yeah, absolutely. Because they can, if they know what the service is, is defined as, then they can kind of mm -hmm. match that up to their needs as an enterprise and then ask for the right thing and then get the, get, get responses that are actually helpful and, you know, vendors that are actually able to fulfill what they need. That's, that's actually, um, a, that's a good point, especially in terms of how the market is maturing and how the for it to really take off, some of these things need mm -hmm. to be streamlined and simplified. And I think MEF is um, is helping out quite a bit on that by adding some clarity to the um, to how how SD WAN is defined. Um, and then I guess uh, you know I I guess the I guess the question though is, you know, is that, is that specification of, you know, here's exactly mm -hmm. what the service is and here's how we define it. Do you see that happening? Do you see that sort of having a knock-on effect to the number of vendors in the, in the uh, yeah, space? That's a great question. That's something I talked to um, Brian about as well. And um, he didn't necessarily see it as, um, you know, creating consolidation. I think it's just, going to create more clarity for enterprises when they're selecting, but it, um, that might not yeah. nece necessarily force consolidation. Sterling made a good point that, you know, some of the startups in this space are probably starting to just run out of money and funding. So that yeah, might be yeah. something. And yeah. it's probably more likely that, you know, these larger companies like the Cisco's and the VMware's scooping up some of these SD-WAN companies to add it to their portfolio. That'll probably create more consolidation. So I think it'll be interesting to see if, you know, some larger companies um, pick uh, an SD-WAN vendor and, and acquire them. Yeah. And I think it'll also, um, you know, a lot of this will be, a lot of this shakeout will come by way of uh, partnerships mm -hmm. as well. You know, which, which carriers, which security vendors, which brand name companies are partnering with, which SD WAN mm -hmm. provider, and by by way of that, the enterprise will, you know, they'll they'll gravitate toward the names they already know and the ones exactly. That they're yeah, they're with. looking to the vendors I think that they've historically worked with, and also the service providers um, 
that they're working with to see what options they're offering. Yeah. So as we get, as we get kind of down the road of this market maturing, it's, it's maturing, but it's also still quite a large Mm -hmm. market. There's still quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of, uh, road left in it, but there will definitely be some sort of shakeout. And I think one of the things that starts us down that path is defining Mm -hmm. that service so that everyone, you know, has to measure up against a common Mm -hmm. definition. And then, then I think secondarily, like you said, startups running out of money, the economic impact will, will, um, will push some of the players out. Uh, consolidation will take up other players and then we'll have, uh, you know, last but not least, we'll have that sort of um, those alliances around different partnerships that sort of, you know, some names will just appear as having stronger mm-hmm. portfolios and stronger connections and stronger routes to market or routes <laughs> to market. I can't, I can't decide which side of the Atlantic I want to be on today, um, but stronger uh, uh, paths to market. <laughs> and, and then, you know, those companies will end up lasting yeah. a bit longer. Well, I have. Uh, um, I'm. I'm. I'm feeling very uh, fired up for for the <laughs> discussions that we're yet to have in September about SD WAN, and I hope this podcast has been helpful to anybody listening about you know who's sort of either new to this market or just hasn't been paying attention and needs to come up to speed quickly. Um, I'm hoping this conversation has done well. Um, Kelsey, where can we find out more about uh, what you've written about SD WAN and? Um, and you know any uh, other resources uh, so folks can continue sure. learning. Uh, if you go to Light Reading, you can just search for my name. That's one way, <laughs> or you can go <laughs> under yes. Carrier SDN and the SDN um, category. And then if you want to find out more about the NV and SDN event, we have a Light Reading. It says LR Events um, tab in our toolbar on our um, website. And you can just click on that and see all yep. of our events. Um, and there are some, you know, a number of dedicated uh, panels and lightning talks and presentations about SD-WAN specifically. Uh, so it's it's always a really um, great event and I'm looking forward to it and excited about that water feature that we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I was excited that, to feed some there's ducks. There's a lake, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Talk about the next hot communications market and feed some ducks. That's that should be on the brochure. That's really all we we want to do. Indeed. Okay, Kelsey. Thanks so much. I will uh, see you soon and talk to you uh, sooner. Thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by Tian Fu in New York. Our show notes are all available at lightreading.com. As a reminder, you can get the Light Reading Podcast from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and dozens of other platforms and apps. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for getting your telecom news from lightreading.com.